Welcome to another episode of Authentically Happy. I'm your host, Michelle Savoie, certified life coach with a master's degree in applied positive psychology. Let's wrap up the month of February, the month of love, with one last episode around building positive relationships. We've talked about communication, the styles of love, and types of love. So now let's talk about what makes positive relationships last. Of course, communication is extremely important for the longevity of a positive relationship. But what else goes into it? Let's clarify first that the goal in life should never just be time spent in a relationship. As I've mentioned before, time spent in a relationship does not indicate anything about the quality of a relationship. While yes, you need time in order to build emotional intimacy, You could spend 10 years living in the same house with the same person, seeing them every single day, but that does not guarantee that you will know them deeply. Spending an hour sitting next to someone on a couch while watching TV is completely different than spending an hour sitting with someone, asking about their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions and their day, and learning about them and how they deal with life and what they want out of life. It's just not the same. Although it's one hour spent in the same room with the same person, you have two completely different outcomes. One helps you to understand your partner better and allows them to understand you better. And the other, you're just getting to know characters on TV. You're not getting to know each other deeper. So when I talk about making a relationship last, I'm talking about how do we make a relationship that is fulfilling and positive and really is that consummate love that we talked about last week. For anyone who hasn't listened to last week's episode, consummate love is a love that involves passion, intimacy, both physical and emotional, and commitment. It is the all-encompassing love that everyone strives for. You hear people say, I married my best friend, or my spouse is my best friend. And this is actually one of the most important aspects of a relationship. In order to have a positive and healthy relationship, you need to be friends with your partner. And ideally, they should be your best friend. This is the friend out of all of your friends that you choose to live with that you may be raising children with. They're essentially your business partner in life, in managing your money, deciding how you're gonna spend it. This person is your emergency contact. They are everything to you. So yeah, this person should be your best friend. You should think so highly of them that you do refer to them as your best friend and they should be treating you as a best friend. They should be the person that supports you the most in the world. The one who's there for you when you need a shoulder to cry on. They're your biggest cheerleader, and you should be the same for them. Of course, you can make it work if you don't feel like they're your best friend, even if you don't have passion or you don't have intimacy. All you have is commitment. You can still make that relationship work, and it may last the rest of your life but it's not fulfilling. And that's what we call empty love. And some people are okay settling with that. 
But most people aren't. Most people want their relationship to grow and evolve and become better and become more positive. If you want a satisfying and stable relationship, you have to have friendship with your partner. And this includes having a genuine interest in each other, putting out bids for attention, responding positively to your partner's bids for attention, communicating well, and expressing admiration, affection, and fondness for each other. So how do we really deepen our connection? Well, similarly to how we deepen our connection with life, by being mindful. Mindfulness in terms of relationships is often referred to as minding, which consists of five components that deepen the connection by fostering closeness, caring, intimacy, and commitment. The five components are, number one, knowing and being known. Number two, attribution. Number three, acceptance and respect. Number four, reciprocity. And number five, continuity. So the first component, knowing and being known. This goes back to self-disclosure, sharing hidden aspects of yourself. This could be sharing thoughts, feelings, memories, experiences, goals, failures, or successes. Your partner cannot fully love you if they do not know you. And vice versa, you cannot fully love someone if you don't fully know them. Self-disclosure allows your partner to fully know you and love you for all that you are. This exchange of personal and intimate information greatly deepens your bond. And in addition to self-disclosure, there's what's called dispositional authenticity, which is when you are able to be honest and truthful with yourself and live in alignment with your values and beliefs. Researcher Amy Brunel and her colleagues found that individuals with more dispositional authenticity tend to be more satisfied with their relationships. They view them as more positive, with more intimacy, and tend to act less destructive towards their partners. So the more you know yourself, the better you can communicate who you are and what you desire so your partner can better understand you. And the more they know you and the more you know them, the more satisfying and positive your relationship together can be. Now, the second element of minding is called attribution. Attribution refers to the way we explain the cause of our partner's behavior. There is a strong correlation between the attributions an individual makes about their partner and their relationship satisfaction. So the more positive the attributions are, the more positive you will view your relationship satisfaction. The problem is most people tend to attribute the cause of others' behaviors to personality traits, while simultaneously attributing their own behaviors to temporary causes. For example, if you said you were going to pick up dinner on the way home and you forgot, it would be easy for you to attribute that to a temporary cause. You temporarily forgot because you were distracted by something else. Whereas you're more likely when your partner does it to attribute it to a personality trait. 
So that might look like them forgetting dinner and you attributing that to them being lazy or selfish. It's just who they are versus maybe they just had a really stressful day and there was a lot weighing on their mind and they genuinely just accidentally forgot to grab dinner. So let's look at those two scenarios quickly. Your partner forgets to bring home dinner. You have the option to A, attribute it to a personality trait. So they are lazy, they're self-centered, they're selfish. Or you have option B. You can attribute it to a temporary cause. They had a really stressful day. They're going through a lot right now. Their mind was occupied with other things. And because of these temporary issues going on, they just forgot. So if you attribute this forgetfulness to a temporary cause, just the fact that they had a stressful day and there's a lot going on, you're more likely to respond to them with more kindness, more forgiveness, and more support. However, if you attribute their behavior to a personality trait like being lazy or self-centered, you're likely to respond in a more negative way, blaming them for a character flaw. In the scenario where you are responding with kindness, forgiveness, and support because you're attributing it to a temporary cause, you're contributing to having a positive relationship. However, in the other scenario where you're attributing it to a personality trait and calling them lazy or selfish, you're responding in a destructive manner. And this relates to our explanatory styles in relationships. So you can have an optimistic explanatory style or a pessimistic explanatory style. So if you have an optimistic explanatory style, that means you explain things away in the most optimistic way as possible. So when we try to keep optimism and positivity in the relationship, it helps these situations run smoothly. If you think about it, the same situation happened. Your partner forgot dinner. One way or another, that's what happened. And you can't change it. All you can change is your mindset and how you're viewing these situations. So in order to have a more positive relationship, you want to try to go through these hard situations with more positivity. Try to attribute your partner's behavior to temporary causes. Don't label or define their entire personality based on one mistake. And also, instead of just jumping to these conclusions and attributing their behaviors to one thing or another, you can also take time to stop and ask, well, what happened? What made you forget dinner? And open up that conversation. Allow them to explain. Maybe something happened that you didn't know about. So stay curious and try to attribute their behaviors to temporary causes. It'll help your overall relationship feel more positive. Now, the third component of minding is acceptance and respect. And this is exactly what it sounds like. It is accepting your partner for everything that they are. Respecting your differences, having empathy for your partner, and showing forgiveness and gratitude. 
in order to have a positive relationship, you have to be accepting of your partner. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has flaws in one way or another. And you have to be okay and accepting of them in whatever they are. And you also have to have respect for them. And that especially goes when you're having discussions and arguments. Maintaining that respect, even when you're disagreeing, that makes a huge difference in the overall tone of your relationship. And the fourth component is reciprocity. Reciprocity refers to the balance of benefits in the relationship. A healthy relationship should clearly show benefits for both parties involved. It shouldn't be just one person always giving, always being selfless, always sacrificing for the relationship. It should be that give and take. And sometimes one person has to step up more than the other. But over time, it should balance out. And the fifth component is continuity. Continuity involves paying attention to the relationship as it evolves over time and being able to adapt, be flexible, and have an ongoing desire and minding in the relationship. A relationship should be a safe place for individuals to challenge their own assumptions, work on self-exploration and self-growth, take emotional risks, and deepen your understanding of yourself and your partner. Individuals change and grow over time, and therefore you should expect your relationship to do the same. Continuity is seeing these changes and allowing them, welcoming them, working together as a team to help each other become the best versions of yourself, and helping your relationship to become the best it can be. In order to have continuity, you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow your partner to see you for all that you are. You have to build your virtues like loyalty, courage, generosity, and justice. And by doing so, you build this felt sense of security in your relationship. When we practice and build these components in our relationship, we make our relationships more positive. Just as you deepen your connection with life by being mindful, you can also deepen your connection in your relationship by being mindful and embracing knowing your partner and being known by your partner, attributing their behavior to temporary causes and using an optimistic explanatory style, being accepting and respectful of them and your relationship and ensuring reciprocity and continuity in your relationship. When we are mindful and consciously making an effort, we can build positive relationships that last. Before we end today, I also want to share the seven principles for making marriage last by John Gottman. Number one, enhance your love maps. The love maps he's referring to is the storing of information about your partner and your relationship. Think of it like a map laying out all of your partner's quirks and habits and preferences, and any other information you have about them and your relationship, including memories of your most significant events together and the special moments in your relationship. Number two is nurture your fondness and admiration. Focus on the positive qualities of your partner, positive elements in your relationship, 
and hold a positive perspective when recalling your relationship's history. Number three, turn towards each other instead of away. Savor the little moments and pay attention to bids for attention. Number four, let your partner influence you. You need to share power and influence in the relationship. Try to stay away from stubbornness. Have empathy and try to see things from their perspective and work together towards a compromise. Number five, solve your solvable problems. So often people just don't want to deal with any problems at all and they push things down and hide things and try to forget that they even exist. But when you have problems that are solvable, it's just going to take some effort. Solve those problems. Don't let them weigh on you. Number six, overcome gridlock and move towards dialogue. You have to acknowledge and nurture each other's dreams. And you can only do so by having an open and honest communication. And number seven, create shared meaning. Value and appreciate the life that you have built together. Work together, envisioning your future, and building the life that you want. You have to put effort into your relationship daily. You cannot expect time alone to build your relationship for you. This week, I challenge you to pick one component of minding or one of Gottman's seven principles to work on improving this week. Pick just one and spend time each day this week working towards improving that component of your relationship. I wish you well with building more positive relationships. Until next time, take care. Thank you.